day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris will be back later in the week, but filling in for Chris is our special guest host. He was your Bristol County Sheriff for 25 years, Sheriff Thomas Hodgson. Hey, Tom, how are you? Great, Marcus. It's great being here with you. Uh, when I heard him say uh, coming up is Chris McCarthy and Marcus, I was like, bad for Chris, he just got insulted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, great to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to, uh, it's great to be here with you as well. So, um, so you've, uh, you know, in the time that you've been off, obviously, I think you've been uh, looking at, you know, watching the... Can we the... change that term off? Because <laughs> <laughs> some people might say, well, that, that's like been about uh, 30 years. <laughs> you've been off. <laughs> so so in, uh, in the time that... Um, Since I... So in the in the in the time that since you've transitioned out sure. of office as as a as sheriff, but even during your time as sheriff, you've always paid attention to the national news. Uh, you've often been in the national spotlight uh, yourself, uh, having been at President Trump's and having testified before Congress. So uh, you've been paying attention to a lot that's been going on. Your your key issue, I think, during your time as an elected official has been uh, immigration. So um, generally, what's your thoughts about what's happening uh, over at the southern border right now? Well, it's as bad as it's ever been, and it's it's really a very, very sad situation for America that, uh, look, when I first started working on this issue um, over 25 years ago, working with Barney Frank and Henry Hyde, um, we were working to try to begin to have some legitimate immigration reform, you know, you know expand the number of people to get work visas, whatever. Uh, made it through the House, didn't make it to the Senate. But that's been the story since I've been started to work on it. 25, 25 and a half years ago. So so what ought to frustrate all of us, I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Marcus, but for me, Democrats and Republicans have basically said, you know what? Our politics are more important than these 300 kids who are going to die today, these young adults from, from the fentanyl that's pouring in over the border that, that they've known has been pouring in for, for years now. Um, the number of people who have been killed by criminally illegal aliens the human trafficking and sex trafficking. Congress knows. And we're not talking which party. We're talking both parties. So if you're basically saying, you know, my constituent that died, I really feel bad about that. You know, yeah, they did die from that fentanyl, but, you know, my politics are more important. And, and the one that dies tomorrow, well, that's not going to matter either. We in America got to say, wait a minute. We pay your salary. We pay for the building you work in. And look at the number of terrorists coming across now. Sheriff, isn't it unfair uh, to say that um, – uh, isn't it fair to uh, to lay the blame for the fentanyl overdoses on illegal immigration when I think it's about 90 percent of uh, fentanyl that comes through illegally comes through legal ports of entry? Well, the the, the legal ports of entry are where they've they've caught the most of it, you know, because they're catching it coming through. That's where they have the checkpoints. You know how many checkpoints where they're coming in over the border – Right. There's nobody. They're sneaking it in that. So, look, it, it, there's 
that's the illegal immigration piece well, is well, about the rule of law, right? Well, what's the what's I'm trying to like visualize how are they sneaking it in? Are they like they've got big sacks on their back and walking across the border or are they like burrowing underground? How are they getting it past outside well, of legal ports of entry? They, actually both. Okay. Uh, yeah, but they do have tunnels too. But but they they do have. I've been down there. They 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 carry these. You've, you've probably seen them with these big uh, big knapsacks on on TV, and they're coming across. I mean, they got the the uh, drones up there. The the news stations and watching these guys. That's how they do it. They, they they're mules is what they call them. They've been doing it for forget the fentanyl. They've been doing it with drugs for years and years and years. That's how they be, they've been getting it in. And um, it's no secret uh, that you know China. China was there was production coming out of China on fentanyl. Then they did, then the federal government started putting pressure on, and now but China did started sending the chemicals to Mexico. So now the Mexican cartels they control the entire border. I think we all would agree on that. Um, and and um, the, there's no question if 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 somebody said to to you and me, "Hey, Marcus, Tom, look, from now on in our neighborhoods where we live." You guys have fences around your yards, but you know what? If people decide that they can get and they want to get over your fence, and they do, and they pitch a tent, you got to let them stay there. If they made it over the fence, they get to stay. And you know what? By the way, you have to pay for their food if they need food. You need to pay for schooling. As opposed to the people who knocked on the door at your house and said, can I come in? This is the right way. They're going to say, oh, no. We're going to reward those people that make it over your fence. They can stay. And we're going to pretend that 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 fence was not a privacy fence. We're just going to pretend like it was just a barrier they had to climb over. Doesn't the rule of law state that people that do cross over that fence uh, seeking certain protections, such as asylum, are actually entitled to be here? That's what the rule of law says in terms of asylum seekers. Well, no, actually, Title Forty Two is trying to circumvent that now. Actually, but. what the what the rule I believe the rule of law says. You're a lawyer, you yeah, and you may be right, but but my understanding of it is, if you want to seek asylum, you go to the closest embassy to the border of your where you are, and you you apply for asylum. The problem is a lot of people don't qualify for it. They knew they never would qualify for it. So what do they do? They skip that step and say, "I'm going in anyway." And even if they go for asylum and they tell them they can't, they still come. And I had a guy tell me that at a meeting we had who, who was here illegally up at the state house. He said, I said, well, there's a law. You could go to the, get, they, they won't let us, they, they wouldn't give us asylum. So we're coming anyway. So look, it's not about that we don't, we want, we're not, we're not a country. I, I think you'd probably agree with me, Marcus. We're not a country that is anti-immigrant at all. We, we need people to come here and work. We want people to have opportunities. But there has to be the, the problem we have in our country. Forget immigration is accountability and rules don't matter anymore. It's why we're seeing the chaos we're seeing. Guys beating up a weatherman on the subway. We were just talking about that before we started. Sure. You know, guys on, on there trying to trying to telling these guys you can't keep light that old man's hair on fire like you just did. Who was sitting there on that subway, and they beat him up, and they don't care because it's sort of like nobody's going to do anything to me. And if that's our attitude, why are we surprised that we have all these problems and the chaos and people that are coming here are saying? Well, the message is the law doesn't really matter. Nobody's doing anything about it. They're basically saying, just come on in. Now they're saying, if you come over, come up to us. We'll give you, tell us where you want to go. We'll give you a piece of paper and we'll send you, like if you say Massachusetts, they're now distribution centers across the country. Mass has had the busiest one of all of them. <clears throat> and people, if you and I came across, we'd say that, that we'd walk up to a board agent and they'd say, not going to send us back under current law. 
Marcus, where are you and Tom going? Well, we're going to Massachusetts. Okay. Here's a piece of paper. This is the the office of ICE in, in Burlington. When you get to Massachusetts, go there, report in. They're going to register you in, and they're going to give you a court date. It'll probably be 10 or 15 years down the road, and they're going to give you a piece of paper so you can go to work. And off you go. And nobody ever checks if they ever make it there, right? You don't have to go there, but some people, I went up to that Burlington office when they first opened it about three, two, two years ago. You would have thought you were in the front of Disney World if they were in the rope lines. There were that many people that pulling up in Ubers, lining up. And why wouldn't they? If you're telling me I can just get a piece of paper and come in and the law doesn't matter, what are we doing? And then we're, we're in one, I think we talked about this on a previous show. So you have 230,000 people coming in in one month. That's more than New Bedford and Fall River combined. That's just one month. That was March, May, March last year, whatever yeah. it was. And I always ask people, where is there a New Bedford in the Fall River? Because that's uh, it's actually two hundred thirty thousand is more than both combined. But yeah. let's just say that they were they were equivalent. Where is there a New Bedford and a Fall River in the United States that's sitting two cities sitting there with vacant homes, grocery stores, fire department, police? jobs, all those things, for well, those people to just come in and occupy. Well, there's absolutely a New Bedford and Fall River uh, times, you know, about 100 or so uh, vacant jobs that are available that we do need about uh, a robust immigrant community. To, no, we do need more, we, but that that's a that's a housing problem. How about it's grocery stores? Problem. What do you mean? I, I don't understand the grocery so when part. you So when you design a community, you design it to meet the needs of the, of, of the population, right? Mm-hmm. So if there isn't, aren't two cities with all those infrastructure, fire department, police department, grocery stores, they, maybe, maybe there's jobs around, but even then, do you have enough jobs to take on the 230,000 in those two cities? I don't know, but I do know this. They don't have the infrastructure. That's my point. And if, they, if we managed immigration properly the way we're supposed to, we can have the growth keep up in our country to meet the demands, what's, but we have to control it. What's managing immigration properly? By making sure that the people that are coming in are going through the right process and applying. We can determine, okay, we've seen it during our history. After World War II, they they cut back on the number of people allowed to come in because they wanted to make sure the veterans who fought for America, when they came back home, were going to have job opportunities and they weren't going to be taken by an overabundance of people that we were allowing in. It wasn't to hurt the people that that wanted to come here. It was that we had to take care of the American people, Americans first. And so that's really what the whole fundamental basis of the immigration issues on. Wouldn't you agree? Was that around the same time we were having internment camps for people who were Chinese? I'm saying maybe our perspective, maybe the United States' perspective on people from non-European countries at the time wasn't as welcoming as it probably should have been. Well, I, I don't know. I can't say that for sure. I, I, because and I don't think any of us really. Know. I mean, we know one thing for sure: Eisenhower and, and back in that day, they wanted, they fought for this country. They wanted to make sure that people uh, were going to be given the opportunities. Who went away from their families, yeah, fought in another war, came back, and why would they be denied the opportunity to have the job? It wasn't an excuse to say, no, we'll just make, we'll use that as an excuse to not let people come here. Um, I, I think. I think any country, do you know of any countries that's, that like the United States that say, come on in, just flood our borders and come in? You don't see any, do you? 
And you got to ask yourself why. why. What's different? In your mind, what, what would you say be different for the, for the United States versus these other countries? Why would we be different? Do you have a thought about that? Why would the United States be different? Just open than, their borders like uh, no one else w- will do that. But why Why is the United States doing it? Well, I mean, other other countries in like the EU have legalized immigration pro- uh, um, uh, process. Uh, is it process. legalized? Yeah, they have legal oh, I'm immigration not talking about, I'm not talking about legalized. I think we're a little bit different in a couple ways. One, we're a country that's founded upon... Um, I think founded upon immigration, our, our country was built. I think it's unique in that way that it was built and, uh, and, and developed by immigrants. And two, I think a lot of the reasons that people are coming, especially from the southern border, are a direct result of our foreign policy. You know, um, especially in like countries like Nicaragua and El Salvador um, and Honduras. Uh, a lot of those countries are have been in constant turmoil in terms of their governance because the United States has interests there. Um, you know, the reason they're called banana republics is because we used to just, you know, we, we installed um, sympathetic leaders in those governments for the United Fruit Company. Um, so we've had interests there that we want to maintain. So we have installed... Uh, Back and forth for the last century or so, um, people who have, you know, basically disrupted the day-to-day operations of government for a lot of people in those countries. So I think a lot of that has to do with with our foreign policy. I think if we backed off in a lot of those places, there might be a chance that these immigrants could rebuild the places that they live in in a meaningful way and they wouldn't have to come here. Well, it's interesting, and and I I I, I can tell you, I, I, one of my one of my school buddies uh, back in Maryland when I was in grade school, his father was the dean of the diplomatic corps, and he was the ambassador in Nicaragua. Okay, the Sandinistas came to the United States and took over their home and took their family under house arrest. The boys got out, but the parents were under house arrest. They had they they the the sons were able to get back in there a couple of nights later and get the parents out. And then they burned the they burned the the resident embassy residents to the ground there in Northwest Washington. Um, it was considered foreign soil, but it's the Sandinistas that took over, came in and told them no. Um, so yeah, there there are a lot of look international politics. There's, the countries have been doing this stuff for years and years, and I'm I'm agreeing with you as far as look, we, every country needs its sovereignty. We can't be the savior in every single country, right? We're, we're protectors of democracy, of course, but but to somehow suggest that those things should impact our policy, we have to start with our immigration policy, in my view. What is our policy? Our rules, our laws may be different than other countries, not just on immigration, but other things. It doesn't mean that because the other countries don't subscribe to that same law, that when they come here, they can just sort of Drive, drive without licenses or drive drunk or whatever it is it, because they can do it in their country. We have to establish to protect the sovereignty of this, in my view, the sovereignty of this nation. And what's wrong with asking people to follow the rule of law? Why, why are we, why are the people of this nation responsible? Well, we want people to come here and we're a country of immigrants. My father was an immigrant. Why, why is it that somehow we have to give up that opportunity to to protect our sovereignty 
still allowing people to come in because more people want to come in than we otherwise could either sustain in the way we're, our country's infrastructure is. Good. 508-996-0500. Uh, caller's been waiting patiently yeah, yeah. to get to the call. Good evening. You're live. Hey, it's wonderful to have you two gentlemen talking together. And uh, your conversations are always respectful on both sides. Um, a few, Just a few points on the immigration issue. There are a lot of folks coming in, and we have had um, TB uh, in different pockets of, of the state with undocumented people. We want people vetted properly. Um, my grandparents and my, um, my, my uh, children's grandparents, uh, rather my great-grandparents, my children's grandparents, all immigrants, and they had a tough road to get into this country. They had to be sponsored, and mm-hmm. um, they learned the language right away. I was amazed by, by that. They became citizens as soon as possible. They had gratitude for coming into to this country. I don't think this is always the case. Um, today, I would like to see um, some of that respected. Um, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, you know, the caller. Thank, thank you for the call. Sorry, Appreciate sorry, it. Thanks, caller. You know, um, first of all, thank you for, for calling us gentlemen. Nobody's ever done that to us before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, but no, great no, call. People have done it to me. Maybe not you. Yeah, not me. Of course. <laughs> of course. No, I know. But, 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 um, but, you know, I, it, isn't the call? Isn't that caller? And I thought this is a great point. Isn't she sort of reinforcing what we were just saying that that she's basically saying? You know, people are coming in with these diseases that we eradicated years ago. We haven't had a, become a problem for us in this country because we eradicated them. But now people are just flooding in here without being screened, without having testing, without just flowing in, right? Um, and isn't that pretty much the same thing? We're trying to protect our health care, that what we've done to work hard to make sure our country is a healthy country, that we can eradicate these diseases and prevent them from spreading throughout our country. It's no different than saying we're also trying to protect the infrastructure of our communities and have it be a controlled growth. That's why, never mind the rule of law, right? So if if the Congress doesn't like the laws and they want to increase it to to a million coming across, yeah, then change the law. Well, that's not a practical reality at this juncture. Congress changing the immigration laws. I think for a couple reasons. One, Senate needs basically like sixty votes to get anything done, and two, it's politically advantageous um, for both sides of Congress to not do anything on immigration, uh, and that way it can basically just be governed by the executive branch whenever, wherever there's, uh, you know, basically by fiat. So, so, so therein lies. You make a great point. You take us right back, Marcus, and I think it's a great point. You, you've you taken us right back to what I think you and I agree is the problem in this country. We were talking about it earlier. We pay your salaries. We elected you to go down there and represent what matters to us. And you're saying you're not going to do it? That that it's more important for the politics, remember? My, my politics are more important than the loss of life or anything else because we want to push it over to somebody else's responsibility. Congress is responsible for legislation. We have laws on the books. Whether they want to deflect it, and I think, frankly, my experience has been when I first started, when I went over to John Kerry's office after I after it passed the House and said, this bill needs now get through that through the Senate. The, the, uh, the chief of staff said, that bill won't see the light of day. I said, what do you mean? It just passed the Senate. It's the beginning of immigration reform. We'll see the light of day. I said, why not? It's an election year. 
And you know what? I never forgot that comment, Marcus, because it told me that, wait a minute. So it's not about what's good for the Americans. It's not good what's going to, you guys want to create it so that you can have this. Neither party wants the other party to look good mm-hmm. to the immigrant community. Yeah. So whichever one can make them look worse by not passing anything, that's the game that's gone on for 25 years. But it, it, at the expense of what? How many, how many moms and dads and families have been broken apart and, and, and traumatized by the loss of their loved ones? Innocent, innocent people who didn't have anything to do with this debate, who just wanted to do their jobs, work, live in their neighborhoods, and were exposed to things that they otherwise might not have been exposed to if Congress had just done its job. But for them to say to us, hey, you know what? The law will pick and choose who has to follow it and who doesn't, but we won't change it. And that ought to be the thing that outrages all of us. You know, this isn't about party. This is about America. It's about it's about the welfare of our neighbors, about our families, and saying, you guys, we put you down there. If you don't want to do the job, and you think you want to just keep deflecting it because you don't have the courage to do the right thing, you don't belong there. And we need to get together as a community, and we need to make sure that we find somebody we can recruit to go in there and make sure you never serve another day in office. I don't care what your party is. And that's where we are in America. And until we say we can't do anything, until we stop saying we can't do anything about it, because there is a point where we become complicit, right? We we all become complicit if we say, oh, Mrs. Jones down the street just lost her kid to the fentanyl. And yeah, and and, and two days later, Mr. Smith just lost a son. Um, geez, I'm sorry I happened to me. You know, there's nothing, nothing we can do about it. That's what Congress is saying. Congress is saying we're not going to do anything about it. But how do we as to our fellow neighbors go, yeah, yeah, but there's nothing we can do. You talked about um, sending somebody in. Uh, for, you know, that's going to do the job. Who do you think that is in the Republican side for president? You know, it's a little early to say. To say. It's not that early. Well, you know, we, know we, haven't seen, we haven't seen anybody get out there. I mean, I, I, I certainly think Ron DeSantis is somebody that, um, I mean, there's a, there's a man, whether you, whether you like his positions or not, it's, it's good to see people whether it's he or somebody else, or even on the Democrat side, that are willing, Joe Manchin, they're willing to say, you know what? I'm not playing the game anymore. I'm going to make sure I do. If you don't like me, fine. But I'm going to do what I said I would do when I took my oath. It may cut against your grain, but you asked me to do what I believed was in the best interest of you and your family, and I'm going to do it. And if in the end it means that I can't be there anymore, okay. But I did what I believed was right in my heart of hearts because I knew in my mind I felt it was right for you all. If the majority in the end said it wasn't, they, they, they just were dissatisfied, then you have to live with that and say, okay. And you've got to live with your conscience and say, that's what public service is supposed to be. They didn't expect to be involved in every decision. But they, I think more often than not, at least I've found, people would say, you know, I don't agree with everything you do or what d- decisions you've made on certain things, but I respect the fact that you stuck with your principles and what you believed in. And in the end, I don't, I don't think there's any greater compliment than that. If you're a public servant that they, they may not agree. And in the end, they may have said, uh, you know, one term's enough, two terms enough, whatever. But at least they felt like you did what you thought was right. And you voted your conscience, not recklessly, not putting it through the political filter. And I think that's where we got to get back to in America. I think we've gotten so far away from that. We're going to take a break. 508-996-0500. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm here with Tom Hodgen for the evening. 1420 WBSM. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow uh, with our special guest host, uh, former Sheriff Tom Hodgson. So we're, we're taking your calls. we got a few calls on the line at 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Good evening, Marcus. Good, good evening, Tom. How are you doing? Hi, how are you, Tonight? sir? Doing okay. You know, since Joe Biden's been president, there's been 2.5 million migrants that have... Uh, this is a, a mass invasion. The cartels are controlling most of the routes in the southern border. A lot of that violence, the cartels, the drugs, the human trafficking, and the firearms are crossing over into Texas, Arizona, Louisiana, where they're becoming war zones. So all 2.5 migrants that have crossed the border are part of a a large-scale invasion? Well, it is. There's no control. I mean, you look at May Adams. He's telling Joe Biden he needs help and something needs to be done. And New York City's being overrun. They're being put up in hotels. As a sure. matter of fact, one of the solutions in New York City now is uh, a thousand men are going to be put on a cruise ship. People are going to New York City on vacation. They want to uh, stay at a hotel. They can't. They're being occupied by self-entitled migrants. And uh, just, on, just in the city of New Bedford, I mean, temp agencies, you have migrants that are they're giving them tax ID numbers, and some are using uh, deceased American Social Security numbers. Um. You know, and and uh, you know, uh, I hear a lot of uh, Tom. I hear a lot of excuses. The city council can't do anything because it's the federal government's job. And you, and then you talk to your your state reps; they can't do anything because it's a federal problem. I mean, uh, years ago, all of them used to work together to enforce the law. Why is it all of a sudden, Tom? that uh, each one can work together to enforce our laws. Yeah, the, the, the callers make it a, a, a number of good points, one of which is just the last point he made for, for, to, to begin with is why why don't we know the why don't we know the numbers in New Bedford Fall River? Why do why aren't the why aren't teachers allowed to tell or reveal or the, the education system saying we, we're not going to tell people or, or register whether or not these people are, are here legally or not. Not that we it's not the kids' fault. Right. We get that. But the other point, which I think really is 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 something that the listeners could probably imagine in their minds. He talked about an invasion and you and you challenged him, Marcus, and said, well, is that really an invasion? Let me ask you this. And I think the, the viewers may may or may not agree. But if you looked at it from the standpoint of every one of those people that are coming over, if they weren't wearing the brand new sneakers and the other things that these that the, the these uh organizations are, are giving them to get here and some of them were wearing remember a few they were Biden shirts and all this other nonsense those those aren't things that they bought in their countries right these, these are all groups that are being supported on the other side being given all these things that they're track, trekking over here that's not yeah. the point what if they were in military uniforms would you feel differently if every one of them that was coming across I mean obviously not the five year olds or the or the others, but if all of those people, those two point five million, were wearing military uniforms when they came when they arrived, yeah, well, would you be a different conversation if they were just because if of the they uniform? were if they were if they were in if they were 
I'd wonder why they're dressed in military uniforms. Um, so, but yeah, that'd be a different conversation if they were all coming wearing well, the same another- thing. Then, then I'd say, well, that looks like a militarized organized organized effort to invade the country, but that's not the case. So, if, if yeah, it would had, change the you, entire conversation if everybody if there you, was a member of the military in the in the in the country that they're coming from. Okay, if, but if, what if, if I may interject, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Tom. Yes. You know, we're also putting up in hotels. Uh, just here locally on Route 6, all those hotels, yeah. you you got the migrants in there, public housing is being occupied, Section 8 housing. We don't have, we have people looking for apartments in our city, can't find them, because they're all being housed. Yeah. And, and, you're, and not, you're not eligible for Section 8 if you're an undocumented immigrant. i got to let you go here because we've got a bunch of calls on the line. Yeah, I think I think the, the, to, to, the, to the caller's point, look, um, if, if, if you had, you've heard people say, um, you know, these gangs are invading our neighborhood, right? But they're not coming in in military uniforms, right? They use the term, they're invading, because there's a group of them coming in, and they're, and they're whether they're taking over in a, in, a, in a criminal way or whether or not they're taking over, for example, like these motels, is are the countries they're coming for from, are they paying for those hotels, or, or are the taxpayers paying for it, is the question. And I think we all know the answer to that. It's not their countries. So... We're, we'd be more than willing to help anybody, but we need to know how many are coming and how, how are we going to be able to afford it. Therein lies where I think the rub is starting to really get to the American people that, wait a minute, uh, I have to cut back on the things that I'm working hard for at a time where this country is spiraling out of control with inflation and all these other things going on. I brought eggs for five bucks a, a, a dozen. You know, what... Yeah, but those that, that economic angst won't be ameliorated by fewer immigrants here. That's not going to make everything better. Mm-hmm. It's not even. I don't even think it's going to make things remotely better. I think a lot of our resources are being spent elsewhere instead of. Like I think more could be spent on on resettling migrants, and less could be spent on let's say defense spending. Um, I, I don't think if we were to say okay, fewer immigrants come here, then then eggs are going to be cheaper, or we're going to be able to afford more of the things that we can't afford right now. I'm not saying the eggs are going to be cheaper. I'm saying we're going to have more money in our pocket because it's not being taken out uh, to to support you know the the people who are not respecting the laws of the United States and what is the message to the ones that do hey you forget it don't bother following the law anymore do we want people to think that the ones that really want to respect the laws of the United States go through the process and say to them hey forget it we're letting millions in over the southern border just come on in if we did that we'd be I mean we're already in big trouble but imagine if that happened. You can imagine everybody's going to be just pouring in here because they're saying, okay, there's no more immigration laws in the United States. 508-996-0500. we got to go back to the phones. Good evening. Yes. Uh, I thought tonight you were going to have the uh, Ward 3 candidates. 8 o'clock hour, they're all calling in. Oh, oh, eight, oh 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's good. Because uh, I, the only one that I got any information from was uh, I got a letter from Robert uh, Romley. Okay. For his campaign, and uh, how many others are there? Three or four? Seven. Oh, there's seven altogether? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I didn't... Well, like I said, he's going to get my vote, because I know he's got an impeccable background, this uh, Bob Bromley. He's going to get my vote. Well, so, well, good. I'm glad he, uh, you know, he's a good guy. Glad he hit the... Uh, well, I'm glad he was able to he is, yeah. reach and out to you in a meaningful nobody way. Nobody else bothered to send any information to me or anybody else here. Just him. That's strange, because I, I know a lot of people are doing the right things on that. So, But, yeah, you'll hear from all of them um, in, in, a, in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have them all call in. Oh, okay, 
Because you were talking a little while ago. I thought the sheriff was going to be on the whole night. He's going to be on the whole oh, night. I am. Oh, yeah, he's here the whole night. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, oh. he's, he's, he's guest hosting with me. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have fun with the city council, though, because I used to be one. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, thanks. All man. right, thanks. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, uh, Marcus. Uh, hey, great that you uh, you got the uh, sheriff on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I just want to say that... Uh, you know, Tom Hodgins, uh was probably the only elected official in the state of Massachusetts who actually enforces the laws on the books. And God bless him. <laughs> Would you and agree you with guys that? Guys, have a good night. Well, I, 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 I appreciate that. That uh, it's a great compliment. Well, yeah, it was a great compliment. Um, I, I, I'm hopeful that there are a lot more people that are doing that in, in government as well, because mm-hmm. um, that's really our charge. It's what we're supposed to do, right? Uh, or Do you or, think you're the only person uh, when you were a uh, sheriff that was enforcing the laws in the Commonwealth? Well, no, of course. There are others <laughs> that enforce the law, of course. But, um, you know, I... Was more Healy enforcing the law? Um, well, I'm not. I'm not going down. down. You're, you're a little baiter. You are. Oh yeah. No. Well, of course, in many in many ways, she was. Um, we have our differences of opinion, of course, and particularly around what what happened at that ice building. But that that's uh, that's something. That'll, yeah, let's not judge that up. Yeah, that that'll 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 uh, resolve itself someday. We're gonna take a break. New Bedford's news talk station, fourteen twenty WBSM. So you. You don't have to stick by your radio to hear all of South Coast tonight. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or download their podcast. South Coast Tonight continues now. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight uh, with special guest host uh, Tom Hodgson. We're taking calls. Good evening. You're live. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Oh, I didn't even know I was on right there. How are you guys? Good. Great, great. Good. I want to say it's an honor to finally have a good conversation with you, Tom. Um, it's unfortunately that you won't be able to serve us as sheriff, but you, I always have to say you have done a great job serving the community for so many years. Well, thank you. I uh, uh, just want two topics I just want to bring up real quick and get your opinions on. Since, um, you know, as we're talking about the uh, the border, you know, issues, which I, I also have a problem with because there's so many immigrants coming in here legally. And not coming here the right way, as we should know about that. But I feel like our Democrats on the other side always have their different opinions, thinking that, you know, this is the uh, the, the land of opportunists, but yet we always have problems with our economic, you know, business and so many problems that we have here. So what can we do to try to get that aside and let them know that we're dealing with a crisis in our own issues yet? They don't seem to want to do the right things to come into our borders control. Well, I don't know, Mark. The, the, great question. Thank, thank you for the call. Thanks, I call. appreciate it. You know, it, the call, the callers, the callers, basically, I, I think, talking about probably the most important point, which is, you know, what can we do to encourage these people not to come here? And I, and I think therein lies the problem. And I don't blame a lot of them for coming here because they're basically being sent a message by the current administration, by the Biden administration, saying we're not going to secure the border and Congress is not going to fix it. So 
come on in. And nobody's going to do anything to you. You come in, we'll get you wherever you need to go. We're putting you on airplanes. We're doing, we're, we're flying people in. Why are they flying late night flights when nobody knows under the cloak of darkness into these different communities across the nation? If it's okay and you think there's no problem with it, why don't you fly them in the daytime? And and, and so I think what the caller's point is, which I think is a good one, is what can we do to stop this? And the, what we can do to stop it is is to tell Congress, sit down and get serious about dealing with this issue after 25 years that I know of, that they've just basically ignored it and used it for their, they, they've turned Washington into a political playground. You've got people in neighborhoods across this nation outside the borders of the Capitol saying, I need some help over here. And they're going, we don't hear you. We're too busy with our politics. If we get a breakdown here when we're, when we're finished playing our, our little games with, with each other, and uh, we have a few moments. We'll, we'll we'll take a look and see, but don't count on anything because twenty five years worth of of ignoring this problem and using it as a political football. Don't you think it's a little a bit of an over oversimplification to say that like people who are making this dangerous intrepid? You've talked about all the hazards at the borders. You sure. talked about coyotes and drug cartels and the, just the, the the bad weather conditions. People. Uh, drowning when they're trying to cross the Rio Grande. Um, if to, to make that dangerous and intrepid, wouldn't you probably have to be fleeing some pretty desperate situations? And maybe it's not like, oh, well, you know, you can you can hoof it on foot for a thousand miles and maybe get killed by the you know by natural conditions or by unscrupulous people. And you know, in the end of the day, you'll get some new sneakers, a T-shirt, um, and uh, uh, you know, a, a place to live. I, I don't think that I don't think most people would take that. Well. I do if you had organizations, these not-for-profit organizations on the other side of the border who were saying, uh, we'll take care of you, we'll get you the bus to the to the border, we'll get we'll get you uh, clothing and everything you need to make sure you can make the trek safely um, and and uh, have a better opportunity. It doesn't mean you're under, under every one of those people coming across are not under these horrific conditions. I mean, those countries didn't just all of a sudden become difficult in their governments. You know, we don't, you couldn't say to the people here, hey, I got a lot of problems happening in New York here, and I, it's, I don't feel safe. So you know what? I'm going to Mexico. And think that Mexico, when you get there, is going to say, yeah, just come on in. They're going to put you in a, in, a, in a dilapidated stone cell and maybe give you bread and water, you know, for a meal. They, they won't tolerate it. So so why are we, why are we, allowing that and, and suggesting to people come in and everything's going to be okay. They'll make the trip. It's worth it for them because they don't see it as a danger. They don't expect to drown, but they want to get across. They're that close. They want to get across. Of course, if they think they could get more money than what they're getting in their own communities in Nicaragua, wherever they are, um, then they're going to come. And so, so it isn't exactly, I think the way you're describing it, that they're all coming here um, out of desperation. They're coming out of here, here with this hope and opportunity that's being projected to them by the people in this country who've said, we're not going to follow the law. And by the way, they already know uh, Amer- America's a welcoming place. Just come on in because the, that's the repetitive message. The repetitive message has been given to them. All right. We see some calls in line. we got to take a break and then we'll be right back. We'll get to the phones. The WBSM app is. Good evening. You're live. Well, thank you, Marcus. Hey, Big Al. And the lucky caller. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, uh, Tom, sir, if I was still a registered voter, you would have gotten my vote of confidence. Uh, 
Thank you. Thank you very much. The reason why I'm not a registered voter is because the city of New Bedford did not get a casino. Ah. Oh. Well, maybe there's an option I, another time. Maybe. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to bring that to your attention, sir. Yeah. It was nice to talk to you <clears throat> at the CYO. Oh yeah, nice talking with you as well. And um, and thanks for thanks for your call. That's that's great of you to call in. Well, that's not a problem. I'd be glad to do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks, Big thanks Al. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I know. I know it can be frustrating, um, but you know, obviously for for the casino not getting here, you know, a lot of people were, hope, were hopeful it would. But mm-hmm. you know, I've always believed that sometimes you, you get you get down on government and you get down when things that happen, but. But there'll be more issues to come in a time where our votes will be important. Of course. So, um, I'm hopeful Bill, Big Al will reconsider and, and, um, yeah. and maybe, you know, because that's where the power of of, um, of the people comes in. It's, it's where it's our government and it's our voice. And sometimes we don't always look at me um, in my election. It wasn't, I didn't prevail. Um, it was disappointing, but, but that's, yeah. that's how it goes. You you're gonna, we're gonna win some, we're yeah. gonna lose some, and um, but it's important that we stay in the game because that's the thing that there'll be other important challenges down the road. That of course, we'll have to want to, we don't want to fall short on it, not be able to to have our voice heard. I mean, if there's one thing, he's I, a great guy. Yeah, if there's one thing I want to do with this program is try to encourage people to vote in every single election, not just yeah. not just the the you know the the the, the the midterm slash statewide elections and, and sheriff elections, but the the local ones as well, the municipal ones, because those are those are really important. So. Yeah, it's. I mean, what you, you want to talk about a privilege? I mean, that that's that's the, the ultimate privilege in this mm-hmm. country. There's so many countries where you don't have a say, but we do. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get involved, and we allow one disappointment or ten disappointments, uh, look, it, it doesn't always go. Democrats and Republicans for years. Some Democrats have ruled in majorities for years and then the republicans eventually might come back and and there may be a period of time for them as well but the important part of it is is that's what democracy is right Right. it isn't always gonna it's not always gonna go the way we want but in the end the the issues are bigger uh for us in order to be able to pass on a a country that's going to be safer more prosperous yeah uh for our kids and our grandkids and the next generation so Voting is very important, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you're you're, you're constantly pushing. That. I'm That's, trying to. <laughs> well, no, but you know what? That's what it takes, and and, yeah. and uh, you know, repetition is important, and it's good reminders. All right, we're nearing the end of the hour. Um, we are going to be talking.